Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, welcome to Forest Focus, Nottingham Forest head into their final game of 2023 against Manchester United on the back of the brilliant Boxing Day victory at Newcastle United as Chris Wood was the hat-trick hero. We'll be looking back on that very briefly and then turning our attention to the game against potentially fallen giants in United and then maybe just touch on what we want to see in January when it comes to transfer business. In the company of, first of all, Reds fan Emily Anderson. Morning, Emily, you well? Good morning, Matt. Yeah, very good, thank you. Good, good, good to have you with us. Hope you had a good Christmas. And uh, one of the one of the heroes who went all the way up to Newcastle and stood in the away end. I don't know, are you a hero? No, I'll one tell you someone who is, people. though. <laughs> okay, well, let's introduce Greg Mitchell and then you can tell me who a hero is. How are you, Greg? I'm great, yeah. What a what a Christmas. No, uh, talking of heroes, so my mate Caleb, he um, went to the Bournemouth game, lives down in Rochester, uh, couldn't get back like and if he was thinking of going to Newcastle he was trying to figure out how he was going to do it so he stayed at ours after the Bournemouth game sorry long-winded story but I'll get there had to fly to Belfast Christmas Eve spent Christmas Day completely on his own nothing open just in a Premier League uh, Premier Inn all day flew to Newcastle first thing uh, Boxing Day morning got to the game drove back with us stayed at ours the next night just to see that win and it made it all so much worthwhile wow. so yeah what people go through to see the reds and when you're rewarded like that yeah good on him good on him good merch there greg your namesake greg orms noticed that in the comments so yes forest focus stickers i um, exactly i'm at my in-laws can people see this my my father-in-law's a newcastle fan so drinking from oh. the mug cheers to chris wood um yeah we didn't talk about the match much. Um, just talk about the game a little bit, Greg, in terms of the experience. We've, we've dissected the game in depth, but just being a fan up there, what it was like after so many pretty miserable away trips in the Premier League. Yeah, it's such a weird game to go to. You know, it's it's a long one for us. There's not many over three hours, and this is one of them. Uh, just getting up those steps, if you've ever done it, you know, especially after a long, hard Christmas day. Uh, but it just the atmosphere felt good from the offset. 
everyone was happy. Everyone was like, and the way they started, I know Danilo obviously had a bit of a, a rough start, but the rest of them carried him. Gibbs White looked like a different player. He was just absolutely everywhere. The wingers, the excitement in going forward got the crowd going and it never stopped. Like when we conceded and we all kind of got the gist, it was probably a bit of a rough penalty. Uh, everyone just kept behind them. Everyone kept singing and you could just tell they they wanted it and you felt like we were going to get something. I'm not sure I felt like we were going to get the win, but I certainly thought we'd get, get a goal back at least and it should have been five or six. The atmosphere coming out of the ground, it just felt good. It's been such a long time. Uh, it was just brilliant. Just reminds you of why we do it and uh, bring on the Manx. It's funny, Emily, isn't it? Greg says bring on the Manx. We were just saying, you know, oh, Brentford lost last night, Everton lost, although I think they'll be fine. You know, you look at Palace loss again, it suddenly feels slightly different, well, very different. If we can string some results together ourselves, then the picture could look uh, a whole lot better, even come like eight o'clock tomorrow or whenever the game finishes. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, what a, what a win can do for you. And we were chatting through the Newcastle United match and it felt like the team evolved over that 90 minutes because in the first 20 minutes, we, we could both probably put our hands up and say we were we were slightly slagging off the team selection. We said the team were a mess. What What is going on? He's got so much work to do. And then second half, they just transformed into this uber-attacking side that could defend. And it was like, this is what we've been crying out for. We've spent the past few months... Um, sort of licking our wounds that we haven't got Taiwo Awani at, at the moment. And yet we've got superhero Chris Wood, who bangs a hat-trick against his old team. Who'd have thought it? Um, but also, I really loved the brave team selection from Nuno, because again, there are a lot of naysayers that oh, you know, that's, a, that's very brave to go for all those changes. But clearly he's got a vision and you can see you can see the team he's trying to put together. It's not the boring defensive team that everyone thought he might go for he wants us to attack and he wants us to keep attacking but we were still solid in defense um and yeah you look at other teams around you that are slipping up yet yeah, Luton are still going on a bit of a run um but I think that we we just need to focus on ourselves I think sometimes we get so obsessive as football fans as to what other teams are going let's just focus on what we're doing and keep that upward trajectory um it just feels so much nicer that we've we've got that win under our belt and we know we can win and we know we can score and we know we can hold on to a win. I think that's really important as well. We're great at throwing our games away, aren't we, in the last 20 minutes or so? But on Tuesday, whatever day it was, I think it was Tuesday, wasn't it? We just proved that we, we have got what it takes and we've got the seeds of a really, really good team there. Uh, good to have so many people with us, over 250 people with us already. Greg's put in the private chat nav plug, which was next on my list. I do sometimes forget to do it straight away. Um, yeah, did I say, okay, say get well soon, Kevin? Well, Greg was distracting me. I saw Kevin in the comments saying he's got man flu, so get well. Kevin. I thought he was saying he was a Man U fan. I misread it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not with it. It's Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, Kevin's an ardent Forest fan. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks very much to the Trent Navigation as ever. Hopefully, people had a good day down there on Boxing Day, and I saw the open on Christmas Day, which is good as well you know, a bit of festive spirit. So, yeah, do keep supporting the NAV because they support us. Um, it's funny, Greg, like Emily said there, um, you can see what he is trying to do, Nuno. You can see, like, more Gibbs White said afterwards about identity was used a lot and something, you know, we've and everyone's been critical of the team this season. It wasn't perfect in the first half against Newcastle by a long shot. You know, it looked a bit disjointed, but you can see already what he's trying to do, can't you? 
Yeah, and you know, bringing Monty Allen, that worked. It worked for this game. Who knows if it works for the next one? But he is a defensive manager. We knew that, but we also knew he's going to try and get clubs on the break, and that's exciting to watch. I don't care about possession. I don't care if we're not knocking about on the park. You get a good counter-attack and they work every so often like they did on Boxing Day. It's exciting football. And uh, I know it's only one game. I know like the Bournemouth game was tough, but it it wasn't a real fair judgment, was it? He'd not really had time and the 10-man, that was rough on him. But if that's how we're going to play, we are going to lose games because we're going to get caught out. Of course we are. But it's going to be exciting and we're going to win enough games to at least steady the ship and stay up this season or, or, or even a little bit more. So if we play like that against Man U, they're not confident. They got a bit lucky the other day and, you know, they can leak goals. If if they think they can have a lot of the ball and, you know, really go at us, I think we could break, we could get them and we could get them well. What does we make of Man United then, Emily? Because as Greg says... You know, they're very up and down, more down and up this season. They've mm. had some awful results. It feels like Ten Hag is sort of in the position to me that Steve Cooper was uh, maybe after the Fulham game. You know, it feels like it's coming to the end of a cycle there. But they're only like six points behind Man City or something like that. They're within, arguably within touching distance of a European push still, despite their many flaws. So they obviously have got talented players. How are you feeling about the game? Um, I feel way more confident than I did, I would say, straight after the Bournemouth game. But I think the thing about Man United, and you nailed it there, that they're inconsistent, aren't they? Um, so you don't know what Man United's going to turn up when you play them because they, they they do pull off these results, like get, coming from two goals behind to beat Villa um, on Boxing Day, which was hugely frustrating, I'm sure, for, for the Villa fans. Um, and yet they... <laughs> They've, they've been on the, the receiving end of a drubbing as, or two as well this season, yet they still find themselves in sixth place and they seem to be able, the team that can grind out those results even when they're not deserved. Um, I think that, I don't know, we've just got to go into it, I think, with, with the confidence that we had at Newcastle. We've obviously not had great results from Man United over the last last two years and obviously the, the, the game... Um, earlier this season where we were a bit like Villa, two goals up and then lost 3-2. We cannot obviously do that this time round. Um, I think the atmosphere at the City Ground is going to be incredible again on Saturday with it being a tea time kickoff. It's off the back of a great away win. Um, people are still in Christmas spirits. So hopefully it'll be a really intimidating atmosphere for the team um, to, to arrive on the banks of the Trent. Um, I think the team-wise, I, I, I think they're struggling with their identity. Obviously, Garnacho got a couple of goals, didn't he, the other day, so he's one to worry about. Rasmus Hoyland got his, his first Premier League goal, but I'm not sure if his... I'm not sure if that will continue. Um, their defence is, is shocking, isn't it, at the moment, with Johnny Evans, a makeshift defender in the back. Um, I think Luke Shaw's injured again. Um, Maguire's out. So... They're, they're to be got at. They are certainly there to be got at. And I think we need to be going in full of confidence, trying to go for the three points. What about you, Greg? I mean, personally, I, I, sometimes people sound a bit negative on this, but I would very much still take a point as a good result in the step in the right direction. You're going to tell me it's, you know, three points or bust or what? What are you going to say? Sometimes I think you're a bit negative on this. Um, <laughs> it's it's not the Man United, is it? We've played them, what, five times in the past year or so, and we owe them one. You know, they, they were a much better team last season and we weren't quite there. Uh, after the Houghton game, well, after the Old Trafford game, we, we really do owe them one. 
uh, Ten Hogs on the ropes. He's got pressure. There's no ownership there. They're expecting huge things. Maybe not their man. Uh, could be the game that costs him his job. You never know. I just I feel like Nottingham Forest at home with a bit of confidence, with the fans believing that we can play football, is a different beast. And we can get at them. You know, yeah. Don't go all out attack. Play it sensible, which I'm sure Nuno will. But it just, I mean, there's a few things that surprised me at the weekend, you know, playing four at the back and Montiel playing. He's not afraid to give things a go. Uh, that's obviously not going to be his starting 11 against Man U due to like Sangar being out and stuff. But I think it'll be exciting and Man United won't really know what to expect. They've got all these tapes of, you know, the previous of, of Cooper and the way we played under him. This is going to be a little bit different. And mm. I think... Uh, that's going to be a bit more of a headache for Ten Hag, who's under a hell of a lot of pressure. We've just got to make sure we keep that pressure on him and the crowd will be there. Of course, well, it's Man United. Um, so, yeah, it's three points for me. I, I genuinely believe we can. Uh, let's take a couple of questions quickly from the comments. Uh, Greg Slister legally says no comments about stickers in the stairwell at St. James's Park. And uh, no, we're not all in the same bedroom, Dan, although Greg is back into the corner, <laughs> as a few, a few people noticed. It's because he's got his fancy new webcam, that's why. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you mentioned the atmosphere, Emily. Um, 5.30 kickoff is probably, you know, it's not the ideal time normally, but over Christmas it doesn't matter. So we'll be under the lights, big crowd, bring, you know, the noise of last season will definitely be there after the optimism of, you know, Saturday. So it's going to be a factor again, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that, you know, we, we the city ground hasn't been the fortress we've wanted it to be in recent times, has it? We, we've, we've not won there in ages, it feels like. Um, the last 5.30 kickoff I went to was the Everton game, and that was just not great at all, really. And there were times when you could have heard a pin drop in the city ground. It was really quite depressing, but I can already feel it now. I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And I think um, if they play like they did against Newcastle, probably not as, as gung-ho, but if we can maybe, um, you know, get an early lead or, you know, do something positive, which I'm sure we will, the crowd are going to go absolutely nuts. And I noticed at the Newcastle game, Greg, when we went 1-0 down, you could hear the Forest fans on the telly loud and proud. And I think that's the really important thing, that if, if things don't quite go our way to begin with, we've just got to have belief in that team. Because, you know, like I say, we've seen seeds of, of what they can do. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention, by the way, about the Newcastle game, but also relates to the Man United game, I really love Nuno's in-game management. Um, he really seems to be on the ball with all this little, very minor tweaks he makes during the match. I really, really like that. So bringing Joe Worrell right at, at the end just to make us into a back five, which worked really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the crowd, well, it's, it's a cliche, isn't it? But we're going to be the 12th man on Saturday. Certainly. Right, if you are enjoying this, do us a favour and like and subscribe. Good to have 333 people with us as it stands uh, quite early on a you know Christmas holiday day. So uh, yeah, help us out, hit like, hit subscribe, that'd be great. Let's look at the team uh, that play. We haven't done lineups, by the way, today because we don't really know what Nuno's going to do. So we'll just put up the team that did play at St. James's Park and then talk around it. I'll read it out, just, I mean, everyone knows it, but I'll read it out, out of courtesy for if anyone doesn't. It was uh, Matt Turner in goal. The back four was uh, Aina, Murillo, Nia Kate and Montiel, Danilo and Sangare sitting uh, with Gibbs White, Ilanga and Hudson Adoy in support of Wood. Just before we get into changes, Greg, was one of the big positives there that, you know, it was 
square, you know, round pegs in round holes type stuff. We got back to getting the most out of Gibbs White. Ilanga, it sounds simple, but you know, put the fast winger against the slow ball back. It's not doesn't sound like Premier League stuff, but it works so well. He seemed to get the most out of important players, even if there are a few, you know, minor issues. Well, not minor. There are still some issues to worry about, but Nuno's clearly got a plan around certain players, hasn't he? Yeah, and it was. I mean, the three big positives from that for me was I thought Hudson Odoi did a great job. He he's not had like he's not been that massive influential player yet. Montiel, I thought, was excellent. Uh, and Gibbs White, the way Gibbs White just managed to create so much space in the middle, then decided if it was going to be hudson Adoy or Alangaru who got the through ball, it was brilliant. The defenders didn't know where to go. And I think just having that electric, that bit in the middle, just aim for Gibbs White, let him give it one of the attackers. Um, and then you just keep going from there, don't you? And, I mean, the fourth huge positive is obviously Wood. That was just ridiculous. One of the, the best attacking performances I've ever seen from a Forest player, especially away from home. Um, so, yeah, it, we just have to hope it's not a one-off. And I don't think it was. I don't think you, you get a lucky game like that. There was clearly just a lot of confidence, a lot of skill, so much pace that I felt like the pace hasn't really been there recently. Mm -hmm. uh, and it frightened Newcastle. And I know Newcastle had the, the injuries and stuff, but Trippier is one of the best players on the in the Premier League. And he, he, he was shook. He really was shook by... Where do I look now? Gibbs White's got it. And where's he going? I just thought it worked perfectly. And teams will figure that out. Teams will learn to play against it. Of course they will. But, you know, strike while the iron's hot. And whilst they haven't had time to prepare like that, just for me, you you swap. Obviously, Sangari can't play. So whether it's Yates or someone like that, who, when he came on, played brilliantly, got fouls in perfect positions, calmed the game down. Uh, but I'd love to see that kind of setup at home. I think it would work brilliantly against Manu. I think the big thing about Gibbs White for me was someone put in the comments really early on there were no flicks and tricks but I think there were no flicks and tricks because he had people to pass to he didn't have to try and do these Hollywood moments of skill because he had people in front of him and if we can get Gibbs White in the half turn uh Emily against I guess I mean Christian Eriksen looks half fit and um what's the Portuguese player the Brazilian player's name Casemiro is out there's an opportunity for Gibbs White if we can get him in that sort of position again, isn't there? He could be the key man against Man U once more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It feels like Gibbs White has been reborn under Nuno. Um, and we always knew that the team, Cooper's team, was built around Gibbs White. 
um, but he's he's back in his favourite position. Have you seen his heat map from the Newcastle game? He literally covered every single blade of grass. He's clearly been given the freedom, hasn't he, to, to roam free. And like you say, because he's in that favoured central position where he can lay off the likes of Alanga Hudson Adoy Wood, he, he doesn't have to try and do the fancy tricks to get us out of trouble, which which can be hugely frustrating to watch as a fan. And I just feel like he's like, you know, like he's just, he feels like a brand new player. And I've always rated him. And I, I always say that every team has to have a Morgan Gibbs-White in it. But I think the last few games is proof that that he's, he's absolutely, he absolutely is in, in his right position. And I think he can really cause Man United some problems. Like Greg said, obviously teams will work out that style we're playing with. But at the moment, we're so new with this with this team and with Nuno's tactics. Man United are not going to know what to do with a Morgan Gibbs-White type player. And with the pace of Alanga down the wing and with the current finish of Chris Wood, we, we, could, we could have some fantastic counter-attacks against them. Good to have people listening out and about. Glenn's listening on his run on the Thames and Glyn is listening in Blackpool out and about. So that's good. Um, yeah, Gibbs White's an interesting one. I think it was like, I think Cooper wanted to do that, but it feels like like clouded thinking. He ends up putting him on the right wing and trying to shoehorn players into midfield. And yeah, I don't, you know, I, obviously we've just said, but I don't think Steve Cooper really knew his best 11 and, you know, by the end. But Nuno looks like he's, you know, had a yeah, fresh eyes, fresh ideas can be massive, and I think we were already um, seeing that. Let's just talk quickly then about Sangare, Greg. Obviously, he's one in force change. You mentioned Yates. What about Mangala, Dominguez? Yeah. Does he change both midfielders? Because Danilo had that really rough first half, but then was better second half. Nuno's obviously wanting to have a decent look at these players in a match situation before um, January. What do you think he might do, or what would you want to happen in midfield? To be honest, as soon as I said Yates, I looked in the comments and I've, there's a few Mangala comments. And of course, he's been one of our players of the season so far. So I think Mangala would be the, the best option to fit right in there and possibly do a better job than Sangari because he hasn't, uh, you know, he hasn't lit the team on fire yet as such as he hasn't really shown that thing. But that kind of holding midfield player, you kind of not supposed to be uh, noticed that often, are you? You quietly do your job and if you do it well, then we'll benefit from it. But it's great that he's got options. You know, we've got a suspension and straight away there's three players that could go in there comfortably and none of them you'd think, oh God, why is he playing like we used to? Mm -hmm. um, obviously with the AFCON coming up, then there's going to be loads of changes. But whilst we've still got a, a pretty fit squad and team that's on... A, a bit of confidence now. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think he'll make sweeping changes, possibly just the one, if I'm honest. Um, let's put the team back up. We'll talk around a few names then that um, are obviously relevant. And oh, Let's go back to front. Uh, we discussed Matt Turner after the game on um, Tuesday, Emily. Uh, Mark and Temp still have doubts about him. I do as well. But you kind of, you know, a winning team, it would feel strange now to change him. Or do you still be advocating for Vakodin Moss to come in? Oh, no, no, no. I think you've got to stick with Turner because actually um, I feel that with Turner, he, he needs that confidence as well. Look, yeah, OK, he, he, he's he's prone to a couple of howlers and um, we know the issues that we've got with Turner. We know the issues we've got with our goalkeeper at the moment. But at the end of the day, we, we won 3-1. He, he did OK. He did OK. And I think he, it is what it is at the moment. So I would definitely 100% stick with Turner. Just to note on Danilo... 
Um, he had a very ropey first half, but I think he's a prime example of how players need game time to get into the feel of the squad. And actually what we need is consistency. So I advocate sticking with the same 11, obviously barring Sangare, because we can't. I just think we need to find our, our best 11 under Nuno and stick with it as much as we can. Obviously, there'll be certain times when we need to make changes. And with AFCON coming up, we'll lose um, some players there. But for me, it's all about consistency. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I'll throw Montiel at you then, Greg. Like you say, he came in, did really well, took that silly yellow, which players have to stop doing, you know, waving imaginary cards, but otherwise very good. But equally, Nico Williams has probably been one of our top two or three performers in the previous matches. Do you think Nuno's looking at Nico and maybe thinking, actually, he's a wing-back, not a right-back, and I prefer, you know, I've got to have a look at Montiel, uh, and he's done well. Where are we at with right backs? Because we've got obviously it's Serge Aurier as well, and Aina can play there. We've got way too many. What, uh, who? What's the answer there? Do you think? Um, I really, I love Nico. I'm a big Nico fan, and I just thought Montiel did an excellent job. It's it's not a bad thing that they can both play so well. Really, I mean, Nico came on and did a job, didn't he? Montiel's going to get bookings. He's a is a um, animated player, isn't he? And he, when you've done that all your life, and I, I do think it's a stupid rule, to be honest. It is ridiculous. You know, give him a warning, then give him a yellow. But uh, we're going to get caught out by that. So that's something he's going to have to be very careful of and try and change his mentality with that. Um, but it it honestly doesn't matter for me, Montiel or, or Nico in that position. And then, you know, Toffolo missing out, whether it was an injury or whatever on the other side. Uh, brings Einer in and and he did okay as well, but I'd, I'd still possibly start a fit Toffolo. Um, yeah, to be honest, because they played that well, I, I wouldn't change Montiel for Nico at the weekend as much as I do love Nico, but it, it's not going to matter. I think they can both do an excellent job and they're both quick and they can both do that attacking counter-attack, which is going to be a massive part of our game. Yeah, Greg mentions left-back, Emily. I mean, my preference is still Toffolo from what I've seen from the two of them over the course of the season. But Ainer's come in. He's very positive on the ball. He looked very confident in the second half, having looked so bereft or whether it was a lack of effort or whatever at Fulham. That had to be the low mark of his mm. season for us. But is Toffolo probably ahead of him in the pecking order for you as it stands? For me, he is. And I really felt for him not to be in the matchday squad on Tuesday. But I get why Nuno's doing it. He needs to see all players in different positions. So probably he needs to see, you know, Ain is a player that, that's got a reputation of being a great player. So he needs to see what he's, he's got from him. Um, a bit like the right-back situation, I'm kind of happy with either. And it's, it's weird, isn't it, saying that as a Forest fan, that we've got all these players that you know, all these options in different positions. But again, for me, because we, we, we got the win against Newcastle, I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it would be the right decision to go back to Toffolo. I think he probably needs to stick with Aina for Man United and see how he gets on. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd stick with Aina, I think. Even though I really like Toffolo, I think he's a fantastic player and was really unlucky to not be in the squad at the weekend. But again, it's for me, it's about consistency. Now we're going position by position here, but centre-half is obviously, you know, there's AFCON coming up, Niakate, he's going to go, Felipe, uh, he doesn't seem fit. Uh, Joe Bo uh, Willie Bolly's going to go, Joe Worrell, Greg, came back into the fold. I thought it was really good man management because I think we're probably going to need him. And he, I was really pleased for him that he had his two headers that made a big impact, that one taking a goal away from Callum Wilson. 
I don't think Joe should start this game, but to have him in, in and around the setup feels like a, a good move for you, Greg. Yeah, it was good to see him back. Came on in like the 88th, 89th minute. Bloke in front of me wasn't happy, but we we never all think the same, do we? And I was like, just calm down. It's going to be fine. And um, no, he did a great job. He's a He's been a good servant, a good player for us. Whatever happens, you know, in the transfer windows will, will happen. But I just think he is a he's a player, especially at home. He knows how we he knows how we work. He's got the confidence. And um, next to Marillo, who's just a, you know we're not going to have him for long. <laughs> he's uh, he's going on to have an incredible career at some some stage somewhere. Um, it's just exciting. So you don't change the back two. For this weekend, because they they both can play, can't they? But after that, it's you need to either get Felipe fit or or rely on Joe, which you can rely on him. Uh, I don't think McKenna's anywhere near, is he? So that that's a shame. But uh, hopefully, we get through this Afghan period and get back with with many more fit central defenders who can do a really good job for us. Yeah, I think front and centre on Nuno's list has to be finding a solid central defensive partnership. And we can't mm. keep changing. We've also got more. There's, you know, Omba Medelli, I still mentioned the comments. There's the Brazilian defender Nino who who might come in. It really needs to settle down. I mean, January's got to be about sales more than additions, much of anything for me. And that's then, another... Go on, Greg. I just want to say, I, I don't know whether we we're going to talk about it, but Murillo's run. <laughs> He's done it like three or four times now, and he is going to score. It's... The only issue is he's also probably going to cost us a goal because it is incredible how he can get past players being the size he is. And, you know, but uh, yeah, it, I thought he was literally just going to run it into the goal and not even bother shooting. But um, <laughs> his confidence for his age and his ability to, to be such a level-headed defender, but then decide, oh, I'm just going to keep going up the pitch, see how far I can get. He's brilliant. <laughs> like I say, it's probably going to cost us one day, but... It is worth it, and he could score goal of the season yeah. at some point. So I, I love him. I love his mentality. I love he's almost he's almost naive, but do you know when when called upon, he's he's such a solid defender for his age, and uh, he's very exciting. And whether we keep him past next summer, who knows? But he, he's going to be one to remember in our shirt, that's for sure. Yeah, he's a bit like such a raw talent. Mm. He was slow getting back, but you, yeah, you know, as oh, a fan. Yeah. As a fan, you love seeing that. But as yeah, a... he should have released it about you know ten seconds earlier. But it was still fun, and it didn't cost us. I think we were three got... one up then, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. You've got to nurture that sort of talent as well. You know, let him have his moment. So probably Nuno said, "Don't do that again." Not you know, you can do that once in a game, and that's it. Make sure you yeah. get back. And 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 he's got us out of so many tight corners, hasn't he? Like you know, we've said before. Um, the way he can get himself out of trouble in our box is incredible. Um, I love Murillo. I love his attitude. I, I think we're so lucky to have him. And I can't believe we've got him. I can't believe we found him. Let's just hold on to him. Yeah, as long as he's doing his basics, you know. Obviously, yeah. that felt yeah, yeah, short yeah. against yeah. Bournemouth. That's why I still worry a bit about him and the Akate, you know, because we concede some horrible goals. But if Nuno can eradicate that on the, the coaching um, training pitch, sorry, then, yeah. Then we've got a central defensive partnership, certainly. Um, does the front four pick itself, Emily? There's no need yeah, to make any yeah. changes there. No, I think they 
they all kind of they all kind of speak for themselves really don't they um and, and like you say we we we're all guilty of getting frustrated by Langer wandering offside but he really proved himself the other day and Hudson Adore you can see is getting more match fitness I still think he's a little bit rusty but I think he needs a bit more game time Wood's confidence is going to be sky high isn't it after the weekend so he's going to he clearly starts and and Gibbs White as well in his lovely wandering position sat behind Wood so yeah um I love that front four it's amazing what confidence does, isn't it? I know uh, we mm. have ex-pros come on here and so talk about confidence all the time. Kelvin mm. Wilson was saying about, you know, the Fulham game is confidence, not effort. And you see in that second half, Greg, where they're doing back heels to each other and working it from the corner, back out from left back to right back. And I f it feels like we've got quite a lot of confidence players. Hudson Adoy springs to mind and Emily was talking there, but there's quite a few. Danilo looks like another one. It feels like it plays such a big part and there's a big opportunity against Man U that if we can get a win, then confidence could really snowball. But am I getting a bit ahead of myself there? No, it's good to hear you speaking yeah. like this. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I did, even I didn't like it. We were olaying at like 70 minutes at Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what are we doing here? It was crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, confidence can only be a good thing, can't it? I, I just feel that the result is there to be taken. It really is there to be got on at the weekend. I can't even remember what day it is. We're playing Saturday, aren't we? Yeah. Um, we can beat Man United. We've beat much better teams than them at home last season with a weaker squad, mm. with a confident Forest side and a, an entire stadium, you know, really behind them because it, it has been rough lately. And, you know, losing Cooper, it was, it was tough. That Bournemouth game, it was a strange, strange atmosphere. But I feel like now... You know, we've seen what Nuno can do. We've seen how the players have reacted to him. And I think the crowd will react to that. I really do. And I just feel that if we manage to if we manage to to get that early goal and, and keep going at them, it could be another special day, just like it was against Newcastle. Um just touching on January briefly, Emily, what do we need? Because we discussed on Tuesday, you know, Wood's got a hat trick, Tyro's supposed to be back in training. Do we need a striker? I think we do personally. Yeah, send, we still need a backup. Back. Yeah, what else do yeah, we I need think, as well? Uh, well? I think we clearly need to look into the goalkeeper market, don't we, to see who's available. Um, and I guess Nuno will be quite well-placed to do that with his um, history as a goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, I think for, for Wood, because as well as Ty being um, injury-prone, Wood, Wood is as well, and he's obviously a bit older, isn't he? He's in his 30s now, so I think we 100% need another striker, and that's no disrespect to Wood at all. Um, I don't think we need much else really for me I think it's more about a couple of quality signings rather than buying seven or eight players I think that's the last thing we need to do and obviously I think as well as bringing players in there's quite a few that I think we need to ship out um, just to, to make that squad a little bit leaner I think for Nuno to work with because at the moment it's too big. It's it's way too big, isn't it? And the players like Santos from Chelsea, who aren't even getting a look in on Bamadeli. I know he's a work in progress, but there's there's certain players that we, we haven't even seen. We mm. you know we don't even know anything about them. Um, so yeah, and I guess the likes of maybe Scott McKenna. We've talked about that, haven't we? Um, I'm not so sure now whether Joe might stay because it seems like he's been welcomed back into the fold by Nuno. But there are plenty of players to be got rid of. I would say. But for me, my priority actually is a goalkeeper and a striker. But we, we know that. I think Joe, uh, this is completely on the fly. I think Joe might stay. 
because I feel like he might be Nuno's Connor Cody version yeah. of a leader. Maybe whether he plays him all the time or not, like Cody, Cody was essential to Wolves, but that dressing room figure, I think that might be Joe uh, and Nuno might look, uh, might look to him because you need someone to police the dressing room. And I think that might have got away with Joe not being around and Yates being slightly more peripheral under Cooper for a while. So, yeah, that's interesting. Are you just quickly before I go to Greg, Emily, are you sending Origi back then? Because we can't have yeah, four oh, strikers. Yeah, yeah, no. I I know he hasn't had much chance to show what he can do, but I just feel like he's not for us. I'd, I'd, I'd rather get rid of him and get someone else in that's a, you know, someone that we can rely on, but I, I can't give you a name, really. I don't know no. who, where do we go? I think we're going to have to probably go abroad and find some young talent like we did with Taiwo. That's me assuming, actually, that Milan won't say, actually, you can take him and pay his wages and we're not having him back. Because Santos could go back to Chelsea. They'll want to get him yeah. games. But, yeah, and probably Nuno Tavares as well um, yeah. will go. Well, I would have said Montiel would have gone before this weekend. So if any of those players are in the team against Man United, then it will show that they've maybe got a future. But otherwise, I'm not seeing it. What about you, Greg? What do we need um, in, in January? Um, well, we need a striker, but a striker in the Premier League that can get you 15 goals a season is just astronomical prices. It's the most inflated position mm. out of any, and especially when a club knows you need one. There's no Premier League strikers out there that they're going to say, oh, yeah, give him Forrest. You know, it might get a, a low knee from Man City or something, but it's such a tough position. So we've got to hope that our, and you know that our, our um, scouting network have been looking all year and they'll have names they'll probably have a name that we've never heard of that can come in and do something i remember when taiwo was bought in that there was loads of naysayers saying it's not going to be able to do it this that the other and if it weren't for his injuries god knows how many goals he'd be getting now um but we have to find a striker we have to find that option because Arigi's not been that guy yet whether nuno can find something that that we haven't seen yet is certainly not it Chris Wood isn't going to be scoring a hat-trick every game as incredible as that was and never forget that. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough job in the Premier League against the best defenders in the world. So we've got to find someone who can come in and, and get us the goals on the off. And I just think it's going to be such a challenge to find that. And we're going to have to spend big, which we're not scared of doing. But I think with that, let's not go out and buy six or seven players. You know, I think three. Mm. I think another defender... Possibly a goalkeeper, you know, Turner's improved. He has the, I noticed how much quicker he was releasing the ball against Newcastle as well, which was great to see. He made a couple of stops. He wasn't tested that much. The the penalty he could have done better with, but neither of the goalkeepers have been that that one that we've had the last few years, whether it be a Hendo or a Naves or even back to Sambra. I mean, I'd take any three of them back now and, and they'd start for us. Uh, but it's, it's just going to be a tough transfer window, and I hope it's a an organised one, not a not a last day yellow bar. Nottingham Forest sign this as exciting as it is. We don't need that anymore. We really don't. We need three top quality starters, and that will do us. And we need to release a few, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I said it already. We've got to sell a lot more than we than we sign. I, I think we need a striker, like the others have said. And I think we need one or maybe even two wingers because if we're going to play with Ilanga and Hudson-Odoi, then they need backup or they need... Uh, e Betters are fantastic, mm -hmm. but those two lads have got bright futures, hopefully. 
if they get a run of games. So we'll probably do more on that um, another time. Uh, over 500 of you with us, which is great. And like I said earlier, do like and subscribe. It would be a big help. Um, just before we go then, uh, any other business, anything you want to add, Greg? Yeah, don't worry, it's nothing. Yeah, uh, I just want to talk about the Newcastle fans pre-match. It was exactly the same last season in August. Newcastle away, one of the worst views in the country, one of the best pre-matches. It doesn't matter. There's no away pubs. You just go in any of the pubs. You can wear your forest scarf. They'd, we were in the Newcastle arms and they had all the Newcastle songs blaring out, singing them along, but all chatting to us, all telling us one guy was absolutely adamant they're going to win 2 0. Chris Wood, we can't believe you bought him off us for 15 million. You know, we had your pants down. We only bought him to stop Burnley. Uh, being a challenge to us in our relegation battle, laughing away, saying it was going to be 2-0. But he was a great guy, so I'd love to know his thoughts after the game. But it's just so refreshing to go to an away game where it doesn't matter what pub you're in, they're all... I know every club's got idiots, but it was just... <laughs> the the two times we've been now, it's been one of the best pre-matches and it's just such a great place to go. So next season, when we play them or in the cup, get up there if you can, because it's a brilliant one. Uh, anything for you, Emily, before we go? I just promised um, Sam on Twitter that I'd mention a point he really wanted to get across. He said, can he get the point across that you can love Cooper and also 100% be behind Nuno? Fans should stop using success under Nuno as an attack on Cooper. He says that he thinks the shackles are off for some players, so that's why it looks like um, maybe they're doing better than they were under Cooper and they're eager to impress the new manager. And I couldn't agree more. Everyone knows I was a massive Cooper fan and I was gutted when he left, but equally I'm now 100% behind Nuno. So um, stop arguing on X or Twitter or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's your teacher everyone, talking. <laughs> there's always got to be an argument. Even we've had a great win. I, was, I, I did have a quick look at Twitter. Yeah. We're all, fresh we're eyes, all, fresh yeah. ideas. Fresh eyes, fresh ideas. Nuno is now in charge, so let's just get behind Nuno. It doesn't mean we don't like Cooper. Just... Be done. No, because Cooper could go into another club and get a really good result, and then and I really hope he does. Again. I really hope he does. I'll follow his career, and I hope he does really well wherever he goes. But equally, I'm now a massive Nuno fan. Yeah. Last point on that: no one is surely going to say Eddie Howe is a bad manager, even though he had an absolute stinker <laughs> at the weekend against Nuno. And you know, I think he might get sacked in a month because they've got awful games coming up. But he would not struggle to get another job, and he's a good manager. So you can be a good manager and have a bad run and get the sack. But that's a whole different debate because Nuno's yeah, doing a great job yeah. and we're all behind him. Yeah. Uh, right, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks to everyone who has watched along. Very much appreciate your company uh, at this time of the day over Christmas. Uh, back tomorrow, um, I'm going to record something with Darren Fletcher in a bit. So uh, a bit of an extra uh, episode there with myself and Fletch looking at uh, similar topics that we've looked at today. Get Fletcher's take. And then back post-match uh, on Saturday with myself and Lewis, and I think Emily's on standby, so she can't have too much to drink. What's that, that on? I don't know. When's that on? Post-match <laughs> Man U. <laughs> cool. Might be there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm currently watching it from the um, comfort of my living room. We're on the ticket exchange looking. If anyone's got a ticket. Yeah. No, you no, can't I can't say that. that. You can't say I know you can't say we'll that. We'll grab so one from the ticket exchange, hopefully. Yeah, if anyone's we'll got a ticket, give us the ticket exchange. Right, <laughs> thanks very much, everyone. Uh, have a good day, and we shall see you tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.